Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. The culinary landscape is ever evolving. So on this show, you'll hear from chefs, pastry aficionados, restaurateurs, molecular gastronomers, food bloggers, enthusiasts, authors, wine geeks, beer experts, and more. And we'll keep you up to date on fabulous food, wine, spirits, travel, health, and trends, because I'm all about living the best life. And the most passionate food and wine lovers listen here. So if you're a food enthusiast, well, then this is your show and you are definitely in the right place. From the politics of food to the shared plate, from wine wisdom to heart-healthy advice, it is all here, and I hope that you'll tune in every weekend. It is my delight to share with you what I love to cook and love to eat, so please check out chefjamie.com, where I am always serving up seconds, and you can find my daily dish, hopeful to make you hungry for more, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. After so many wonderful years here on the radio, I still love to kick off the show with a tutorial of sorts. Uh, My way, I guess, of hoping to make you the best cook you know. And so I say, when life gives you lemons, put them in everything. Yes, to me, lemons are the universally useful seasoning. And the Meyer lemon is a prized find. I had some delivered from Melissa's, my produce company of choice this past week, and I have relished in them. They are more readily available than ever, and this is the height of the season. So when you get your hands on Meyer lemons, the sweet tart variety, or maybe you're growing Eureka lemons, the household variety, well, then I thought I'd share some inspiration for the lovely lemons so that you know what to do with them or everything to do with them. So adding lemon juice or zest to a dish, either sweet or savory, changes the entire flavor profile. Suddenly, a blackberry pie tastes like it's packed with a thousand perfect berries. And roasted broccolini isn't just another side dish. It's the lemon juice and definitely the zest where all the natural oils in the lemon exist, just the yellow part, not the white pith, that contributes to that glorious savor that you can't quite put your finger on. I think that lemons are as crucial a flavor enhancer as salt. But while salt is a mainstay, lemons are often tragically overlooked. So lemons have spread from India and Rome to the Middle East, Africa, China, and then to the Americas. And the lemon remains one of the most widely used ingredients from continent to continent. And I think few great cooks take advantage of their seasoning potential. I keep lemons in my basic pantry arsenal. Like if you were to ask me what I keep in my fridge at all times, which I consider, by the way, part of the pantry, it's my essentials. Yes, in my dry goods area, I always have pasta and some good quality jarred sauce so that I can make dinner in a moment's notice. I keep good olive oil and soy sauce. 
I keep maple syrup, the basics for baking, and so on. Then I keep a few luxury items, like you've heard me talk about colatura. You could use fish sauce instead. I have something truffle around, preferably truffle salt, and the list goes on. But when I speak about my refrigerator pantry, those are my necessary essentials, and they're always on my grocery list. They're, uh, let's say, uh, Parmesan cheese, lemons, some kind of dairy. I keep heavy cream or half and half in the house at all times because you never know who might stop by for coffee. Uh, And then a few other things, a good wedge of cheese and so on. Now, lemons always on the list because there is something about a drop of lemon juice, as I mentioned in that blackberry pie, that brings a dish to a whole new level. And I've learned this from the chefs that I've had the privilege of working under back when I was working in professional kitchens and staging and in culinary school. I still like to spend a little bit of time behind the line, as they call it, in a chef friend's restaurant just to, you know, get a couple of burns and remember what it used to be like. (laughs) And I will say uh, that the great uh, chef Charlie Palmer, he taught me a thing or two about lemons. I had an opportunity, as I've shared here on the radio before, to spend some time in his kitchen. And he keeps a half a lemon on the line where he expedites, you know, where he stands and the great cooks and chefs of his kitchen deliver dishes so that they can head on out to the dining room. Well, he puts a drop of lemon juice in many of them. And you might not know that it's there, but it's that bright burst of sunshiny flavor that elevates a dish. On your tongue, salt and lemon work a similar kind of magic. So biochemically speaking... Salty and sour taste receptors are relatively simple compared with the sweet, bitter, and umami counterparts. Tasting salty and sour is solely dependent on the detection of ions, sodium for salt, hydrogen for sour, whereas tasting other flavors depends on more complicated receptors. Now, acidity, like saltiness, leads to an increase in salivation makes you salivate, right? Makes foods more more mouth-watering. That's a tongue twister. More mouth-watering. And the upshot of that squeeze of lemon is as good as a dash of salt in bringing out the flavor of just about any food. Now, it is not a substitute. It is an elevation, as I like to call it. So besides making your mouth water, the acidity also cuts through fat and greasiness and heaviness, and it gives you that fresh, clean taste. Lemon juice can also change a food's texture, like when you macerate berries or you tenderize meat or you make ceviche. And lemon juice contains citric acid, which helps break down protein, fat, and carbohydrates. The lemons, though, not just for their juice, as I mentioned. The zest contains lemon oil. That's where you find the most bang for your buck. And I think it's especially handy in the instances where you want to add flavor, but not add liquid. For instance, if you're making a beautiful summer peach pie and you're making your own pie crust, kudos to you, add a little lemon zest to the crust. No need for more liquid, but rather that bright essence of lemon adds flavor. Plus, Lemons have a bevy of health benefits that you might not know about. 
They actually are statistically proven to help control blood pressure because they're rich in potassium. They're uh, said to clean out toxins from the body, which is why I put lemon in my warm water or hot tea at night. They help prevent the formation of kidney stones. They're rich in vitamin C, so they act as an immunity booster. And they have anti-aging and anti-inflammatory properties. So yay for the lemon, right? And if you have lemons in abundance, you can always make limoncello, right? Of course. All right, here's my best lemony recipes. I make an herbed scallop on the grill that is so bright and beautiful with lemon flavor. It's very simply the juice of a couple of lemons with some fresh thyme leaves, olive oil, lemon zest, salt, and pepper. And I actually thread like on a skewer, a kebab of scallops and lemon wedges side by side, and then grill them just until the scallops are opaque in the center and just so delicious. I make a spiked strawberry lemonade where I combine strawberry slices with sugar and lemon juice in a bowl and I let it sit for a couple of hours and then I run it in the food processor, add water and uh, ice and a pinch of salt, by the way, and then a splash of vodka, and you have homemade spiked strawberry lemonade. And then last but not least, my bonus recipe for the week is a quick and easy lemon icebox pie. It is so easy to make that it will be your go-to summer dessert not only for this summer, but I hope for summers to come. I am a fool for sweets. Um, I do not turn down dessert. Um, And this is my best spring and summer dessert. So bright, so refreshing, so scrumptious, and I will gladly share it. It is, once again, this week's bonus recipe, and all you need to do is email me, jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at chefjamie.com, and I will send you my quick and easy lemon icebox pie recipe. You can always go to chefjamie.com and contact me through there as well. And do not touch your dial. Coming up, you are not going to want to miss the delicious conversation this hour. He is a true celebrated Southern chef and a Grammy-winning opera singer, a Tony too. Yes, Alexander Smalls is here as he honors the food of the African diaspora, taking you on a journey of music and culinary heritage. And so stay tuned, Alexander Smalls and his newest cookbook release right after this. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Once in a while, an extraordinary guest graces this show, one that has multiple talents. He is the iconic chef and world-renowned opera genius that marries two of his greatest passions together. It's food and music that he shares such tremendous love for, and he's an expert in both arenas. 
he shares the connection between the two, honoring the food of uh, his native Africa, of course, and his journey of music and culinary heritage all combined. His newest book, as he takes to the page, is entitled Meals, Music, and Muse, Recipes from His African-American Kitchen. And I am beyond delighted that his spirit is gracing this show. Alexander Smalls is here to dish. And I welcome you, Alexander. Thank you. I hope that you are healthy and safe in all of this uh, craziness. And I have found such wonderful warmth from reading through your book you've been um you've been a, a place and a point of joy for me so thank you thank you Chef. yes for that warm introduction oh much I deserved myself who is she talking about <laughs> oh no you weren't you're you are very much a a global uh, renaissance man you yes well deserved as well uh, there's something quite extraordinary to me when i first looked at it i, I realized um thinking, oh, um, opera and restaurants, how do they go together? And then I came to my senses and realized that the creativity aspect of everything you do is immensely intertwined. And, and not to mention opera and restaurants are both high theater. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> For sure. But I, I read through the introduction. I went page by page when I received your book, which, by the way, is so full of heart and from the heart. And I couldn't get a page in when I read, and I quote, as you say, in the United States, food and music are inextricably linked, especially in the African-American culture. And I thought it such a, a brilliant, poignant point. Well, it is. I mean, uh, uh, it's funny. I was um, in conversation with an African chef from Senegal last night, um, mm. and we were talking about how... Uh, how it works, our food, our culture, uh, uh, the the engagement of music and food together, it, it sets the table, really. Yes, it does. And your journey has continued, I think, to sort of form the tables that you've welcomed guests too over the years you are a five-time yeah. restaurateur but you have brought all of your experience and your knowledge and um uh, all of these extraordinary uh, experiences you've had to that table and you talk about how they've made for a, quite an incredible life you brought the spotlight back to african-american cooking and the traditions and the the roots of the cuisine has always uh, been my intention, really. Um, you know, as an opera singer, I traveled all over the world. Uh, uh, coming from a family where everybody cooked and food was currency, um, hmm. and it was power, and it really was at the very foundation of who I was and who we were uh, in the South. And traveling as an opera singer, uh, I got an opportunity to have similar experiences in, uh, in the countryside of, uh, of France and, and Italy. Uh, I lived in Italy for three years and probably went every year for about 25. Um, but, you know, watching uh, that local culinary expression uh, be uh, translated into fine dining, mm. um, and it occurred to me that uh, 
fine dining was essentially uh, the uptown fancy version of Mama's Kitchen, hmm. uh, of great local uh, practitioners and their villages yes. and, and then their, 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 their families. And so uh, my story was very similar with, uh, you know, uh, uh, on my father's side, uh, his sister and brother were chefs. My, my mother's um, uh, grand, uh, father was uh, uh, was a chef, and, and my father was in the nightclub business, and my uh, grandfather was a country father. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 I realized I came from all those elements. And yes. So when I interrupted my opera career, um, uh, I understood that my second love was food and the, that my destiny really would be found in creating uh, what I had experienced throughout Europe with the African-American culinary expression. And yes. so I had to open the, uh, a restaurant, and it was the first fine dining African-American restaurant in New York in the early 90s right. that essentially uh, r- raised the level of awareness and, and flavor profile to that of fine dining coming from the African-American culinary expression. That was uh, Cafe Beulah. That was Cafe Beulah. Cafe Beulah. Yeah, the the much renowned. I think it's so extraordinary to look back at heritage, and I wonder to take a step back. You came from an established family. You talk about the the culinary talent um, all the way back to your grandfather being a country farmer. But did anyone expect a South Carolina boy to become an opera singer? <laughs> Well, um, uh, least of all, my parents. Yes. Uh, and I should say the greatest gift my parents ever gave me was never saying no. Um, mm. I've made so many choices that confused those poor people. Um, nobody they knew uh, that looked like them or me uh, was an opera singer. They were raising me possibly to be the next, uh, the first black president, but certainly not an opera singer. And, uh you know, if you can imagine running around the South in the early 60s, little black boy uh, singing classical music in French, German, uh, Italian, and reciting Shakespeare as if I was born to the manor, that was quite confusing. Um, I can only then, imagine. <laughs> I can only at imagine. At the same time, I was uh, integrating everything. Yes. The first black here, the first black there. Yes, uh, and kudos to you. public school wasn't integrated, and there I went. Hmm. So, yeah. It was interesting. Quite, quite <laughs> fabulous, actually. Did your parents live to see you win a Grammy and a Tony? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They, and, and they uh, lived to see the first, of, uh, the first three of my five restaurants. Hmm. Um, and it's interesting because my mother used to say to people when I was an opera singer, and they say, oh, you must be so proud of her. She is just oh, singing all over the world. And she said, I'm very proud of him, but I wish he'd get a job. <laughs> and so, <laughs> when I finally opened the restaurant, I said to my mother, I said, well, as you can see, I have a job now. And she said, job? All you do is walk around and eat and greet people <laughs> and, and, uh, and uh, eat. That's not... <laughs> That's not a job. Never, never enough. See, the love of never, a mother to always enough. want more for her child, right? When, if you had become the first black president, uh, then, you know, she'd have said, but you just sit in a big house. Right. 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 What are you doing? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
We're dishing with a living legend, the author of the new release, Meals, Music, and Muse. Alexander Smalls is here, and we'll take a quick break, grab a snack, and come on back. just tuned in, you're late. Alexander Smalls is here, an iconic figure in American cooking, uh, the former chef owner of five restaurants. Uh, He's currently on restaurant hiatus, but you never know what might happen next. And all of them, New York City. He's also a two-time author and a James Beard award winner. And his new book has just released and it's entitled Meals, Music and Muses. And we are talking with the great opera singer restaurateur. Um, It's quite incredible to me that you've woven it all together. And through your love of food, you talk about how much of it is improvisation. And I feel like I know you from the pages. Like, uh, I've come to understand that you love a hot dog. <laughs> is that not right? Oh, it is more than right. It's, you do love a hot dog. See how you can learn about someone? I, I mean, it's my favorite food. It definitely is the last meal, right? But um, what I have to say uh, uh, is, and forgive me for correcting you, but actually, I have three cookbooks. You have three. Um, Forgive me. I said two. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. There are and, three. Well, the reason why uh, it was important to correct you is because in each of those is a different hot dog recipe. Well, the, th- and thank you. You're right. That was an incredibly important correction. Uh, I mean, all hell, the hot dog. Okay. So tell us what you do with a, with a hot dog. Well, do I you mean, just I'm stare at it lovingly? <laughs> Massage. Well, it's all about picking the right dog, okay? Yes. Oh, that it is. I was raised by a good New York, a good New Yorker, and I know a good hot dog. You know, the casing and all of that is very, very important. But I started out at at, uh, the first cookbook company to play again, Grace the Table. Yes. um, Because there's a chapter on my, you know, basically my first meal. And my first meal uh, at uh, the age of four or so was... um, 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 beans and franks. Um, uh, every Friday night, my parents would have steak. Uh, my, you know, my father was in the grocery business, and it was a big thing for them to have steak. And I hated steak. I mean, and now, uh, now that uh, I'm older, I, I realize the reason I hated steak is my mother cooked it well done. I mean, oh. it was dry as a bone and yes. just very uninteresting to me. And yet they throw tons of salt on it and go, "We're having steak." And so. She gave me permission to have my favorite food, which was beans and franks. Hmm. And I liked beans and franks either on white rice, because, you know, my father was a Geechee from Charleston, Beaufort, the Gull Islands. Yes. And or in a, a bond uh, also with cold claw. Hmm. So that was that has been my go-to food since I was, you know, four years old or so. That's your that's your comfort food. So we we all have that, right? I mean, I could name things, especially during COVID. I've come to like yeah. requesting dishes from my mom. 
Alexander, and I am conjuring up my childhood, there's no doubt, in every request, okay. right? I want all those things that make me feel warm and cozy and hug you from the plate. And those are the dishes that I grew up eating that my mom used to make. And I understand that feeling. That's what Beans and Franks takes you to. Do you still yeah. have a weekly tradition of it? Do you splurge? Well, you know, I do. I mean, I, you know, first of all, my freezer is always packed with, with uh, hmm. I go to the Russian delicatessen yes. uh, in, up, in, in the, sorry, in the upper Manhattan part of, of uh, the city. Yes. And that's where I get my hot dogs. Mm. And I always keep chili uh, frozen in, in portions. So anytime I want a quick dog, like, if I, like for example, I'm excited when I get off the phone uh, and hungry, it might be hot dog time. Well, yes, be- because we've talked about it and made you salivate for it and, and encouraged it. But these hot dog recipes, they're all unique and different, which, I mean, I'd like to talk food with you. I won't ask you to sing, but I, I must talk food with you. They're all unique and different, which leads me to ask you, um, I understand that you very seldom repeat a recipe, you're always making something new. So while Beans and Franks might be your standard go-to, everything else is sort of always mixed up. Is that right? I mean, you believe That's in right. improvisation in the kitchen. Well, I mean, look, be, uh, uh, before you call me a chef or even um, uh, an opera singer, you, you have to first acknowledge that I'm an artist. Yes. Uh, and, and I approach everything from that land and, and, and that sort of creative place. So uh, essentially, I mean, you know, would you paint the Mona Lisa every time you got picked up a paintbrush? I mean, cooking for me is inspirational, and I'm inspired by uh, the music I'm listening to, hence Mills Music and Muses, mm-hmm. um, by um, uh, what emotion that uh, is um, stirring within me at the time, uh, the ingredients that catch my eye, because essentially the one thing that's clear when I walk into a kitchen, I need a pan, I need a good spatula, um, uh, uh, a, a great stove, and I'm ready to go. Hmm. And it's about throwing things in there and coming up with the semblance of the idea that uh, pops in my head. So, you know, the, the, the hot dog chili could be a tomato base. Uh, one day, and then uh, the next day, uh, it could be more of an Asian influence with um, sort of fermented black chili beans. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, so I, I and I love spicy food. I love layered food. Yes. Um, and so I, I, my kitchen looks like. Uh, well, I'll describe my kitchen to you. I have I have uh, a restaurant stove, uh, every possible gadget you can imagine. <laughs> I have three refrigerators <gasps> and a New York apartment. Um, and the spices are just uh, all over the place. It looks like a family of ten live here. <laughs> and 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 it's just you, yes. It's just me. And it's, it's just, just you. That's the kind. Of, that's the kind of kitchen that I would never leave. Like, why would you leave the house? You have everything you need. But that's where inspiration comes from. You talk about yeah. improvisation and inspiration so much, and I think that is. As you mentioned, that is the artist in you. And that combination of music and food, especially with uh, African-American roots, really 
makes such perfect sense, right? Where it all comes together just like the culmination of a dish. And so you're ever recreating that beans and franks recipe to have an Asian influence, as you mentioned, because you saw fermented black beans and that sounded salty and tangy and delicious right about now. And well, kind of like the pork. The bacon was it was salty, you right. know, that we yes. put in our beans and franks. I mean, <laughs> and so then you replace it with a fermented black bean uh, flavoring. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, you get something uh, improvisational. Uh, my good friend, Wynton Marsalis, who wrote the introduction to Grace the Table, yes. uh, says about my cooking that I cook like a jazz musician, which was an extraordinary compliment to me. Um, uh, he says that I'm, I'm I'm fluid in that way when I cook, um, mm. and you know it's probably the best description um, to describe what I do. Yeah, and qu- and quite a quite a compliment, mind you, from from a Marsalis family member, right? With a great appetite. Uh, with a great <laughs> appetite, uh, you know you. Uh, I have to say, Alexander, you have such praise for this new cookbook. And I'm sure that you've perused Amazon where you are top rated. And I loved, and because I want to get to the recipes, I loved what one of your reviewers said. And that is, it's the happiest food experience I've had since the start of quarantine. So your book released just in time for so many of us to find solace and inspiration and uh, history in what you do, what you love, and what you share. And even talking about how you improvise so often, I wonder how challenging it was for you to get the measurements down on paper. Like, I can't wait to make your mustard barbecue sauce. That's page 27 under the jazz feature. It's broken down in chapters named for a type of music so that you can understand the spirit that comes with the recipes, jazz, spirituals, gospel, opera, divas, jukebox, serenades. I will be cooking from divas, by the way, (laughs) Chef Smalls, just so you know. Um, But your mustard barbecue sauce, tell us about it. And does it change all the time? Well, everything changes with me. So there it is. It's a given. But, you know, uh, South Carolina is the only state that has a legitimate barbecue, uh, mustard barbecue sauce. I mean, why that happened in South Carolina, I probably should know, but I don't. I just grew up with it. Um, and when I opened my first restaurant, Catherine Bueller, I did a grilled salmon with a mustard barbecue sauce. Oh. And New Yorkers went crazy. Yes. Um, and again, uh, what so I've been uh, noted for is creating, you know, food that really expands the flavor profile. Yes. Bold and uh, rich and, mm. uh, you know, sometimes spicy. The author of the new release, Meals, Music, and Muse, Alexander Smalls, is here, and we'll take a quick break. Jamie Gwen in your radio. Welcome back. We're talking about the African-American culture, the beauty of Southern cuisine with a Grammy and Tony award-winning opera singer. He is the most creative gentleman I could think of to 
ask to grace this show, and I am delighted that Alexander Smalls is here. I grew up with buttermilk in the refrigerator. My mom talks about, Alexander, how my grandfather would drink a glass of buttermilk, right? And that was what he would drink, or he used it as like a snack before they went to bed. It was very filling, and it filled your tummy, right? So you slept well. And that tangy buttermilk was a flavor that my mom grew up with. And so I came to know it as well. And I'm always giving tricks and tips and hacks on the radio. If you don't have buttermilk in the house, you take a cup of milk and a tablespoon of vinegar and you cause the curdling, right? There's always a way to have buttermilk. But I will tell you, I've never seen it used in mac and cheese. And I'm inspired. I can't wait to try it. You are in for a treat. Yes. Because it really... And and I would say that it's a it's a um, it's an adult dish. Yes. Um, but uh, I made it uh, for a Sunday brunch, and, and uh, Fred brought uh, two uh, his uh, his two kids, mm-hmm. and they went crazy. They loved it. They went. They went. Why doesn't our mac and cheese taste like this? Because <laughs> we have to come to <laughs> Chef Smalls for dinner all the time. Or buy the book. Or buy the book. There we go. You heard it from him directly. I love that. Before I let you go, you talk about uh, protest poetry, which I love. You're always doing something wonderful and new to be better and brilliant. Um, and I heard uh, maybe from a little birdie that you have been recording of late. Opera again? Uh, After three decades of opera, you're coming back? I have started a project called My African American Songbook that, that sort of mirrors my African American kitchen. But, um, and I'm starting with uh, spirituals. Oh, wow. Um, it's, it's essentially, spirituals are a very confusing music for most people. Most people think it's religious music and therefore, you know, it belongs to the church and it's there. But really, it was cold music. Um, in, in, enslaved people were not allowed to practice their African rituals uh, when they came to America on the plantation. It was just too frightening for their slave masters. And so they were only allowed to express themselves through religious music. Hmm. So cleverly, they uh, uh, you know, put together a way to uh, adapt uh, biblical verse and, and, and him to African chant and melodies. And they, uh, for the plantation owners, it was a form of entertainment, but for the enslaved, it was a way to communicate and talk about the Underground Railroad, talk about their uh, problems or things that concerned them, but, uh, you know, essentially to create community. Mm. So, camaraderie. I have teamed up with extraordinary musicians. Two Grammy Award-winning producers and and musicians been in the studio and we put together this um, a recording called "Let Us Break Bread Together." Mm. Um, and I just finished. Well, congratulations. We cannot wait for the release, and we will anticipate that and look forward to it. In the interim, we will be cooking from meals, music, and muses to keep ourselves busy eating glorious Southern-inspired food only the way Alexander Smalls could make it. And I hope you will come back uh, when the new, uh, when the recording releases. 
and tell us what you're cooking while you're singing. And I want to hear all about your recipe making and what you decide to cook and okay. how it went. Okay, I will give and, you uh, feedback, of course. I'm making blackberry cobbler feedback. first, <laughs> for sure. And thank you for having me. It's yeah. been an enjoyable time. Thank you. Um, and happy to come back anytime. It's been my delight. Thank you. Alexander thank you. Smalls, the iconic figure in American cooking, of course, five-time restaurateur, New York City, uh, named Best New Restaurant in America by Esquire Magazine 2014, a three-time penned author, James Beard Award winner, celebrated chef, culinary explorer, and of course, a Grammy and a Tony winner for his world-renowned operatic genius. The new book just released entitled Meals, Music, and Muse, Recipes from My African-American Kitchen is available on Amazon and it is highly rated. So steal, grab, run to your copy. And if you want to follow his daily dish, of course, uh, it's it's a treat, I will say, to read through on social media. You'll find him at a smalls 777 on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Alexander, my pleasure. Thank you again for being here. Thank I'm you. truly grateful. <laughs> and so that brings us to the end of another hour of informative, entertaining, and delicious conversation. Well, at least I hope you think so. <laughs> Every weekend, I will bring you my best food finds, recipes, and comrades to share the beauty of the food world. And so I hope you'll tune in. I thank you for listening this week and let me leave you with my last bite. I like these three, four, five ingredient recipes, especially during the dog days of summer. And for the hottest days and nights, this is my new best go-to recipe. I call it a cucumber salad boat. Oh, by the way, it's for your low-carb eating friends as well, because you scoop out the seeds of a fresh cucumber, preferably a burpless or an English one. I leave the rind because I like the chew, and then I fill the inside of that cucumber boat with my favorite salad, and you get this crunchy, refreshing, lovely could be light dinner along with a chilled soup, could be a lovely lunch. Or cut them into pieces and they could make a great uh, hors d'oeuvre or appetizer. So I've done it with what I call country club chicken salad. That's uh, shredded chicken, good mayo, red grapes, and chopped pecans. You could do it BLT, bacon, lettuce, and tomato tossed in some white balsamic vinaigrette. And then if you're going for the antipasto version, I put in uh, cubed provolone, crumbled uh, salami or chopped salami and some chopped up jardiniere or pickled vegetables. Oh yes. So good. I will post my cucumber salad boats on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at chef Jamie Gwen. Please follow and become a friend and a fan. And of course you'll find, uh, the recipes that I mentioned during the show, plus many more galore at chefjamie.com. The bonus recipe for my lemon icebox pie, just email me, jamie at chefjamie.com, and meet me here next weekend. Until then, I hope you continue to eat well. 